Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Uh, if you got your Bible, we love the Bible here at the Rhodes Church, so we get a little pumped whenever we open it up. And Pastor Todd and Karen and Matt Scott, all of them were blown away by our excitement of the Bible. It made all of them wet themselves just a little bit, they said, just... <laughs> A little scared them a little bit. Uh, so if you got your Bibles, I'm conditioned for it, so I'm ready. Let's open them up today to Exodus chapter 33. Woo! Exodus 33. <laughs> sometimes I let things run around the track, and sometimes they slip out, and then I regret those decisions. So let me pray to try and redeem my mind right now. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. I just ask for your presence, Lord. Lord, we're here for you. I yield the floor to you. Holy Spirit, come and bring revelation, truth. I pray that you bring the fire and presence, the love, everything that's you, just bring it. Abide here, Lord. None of us came here for me. We all came here for you. So I, I give everything into your hands and trust you. Touch people, Lord, that they will remember Jesus and Jesus alone. In your name I pray. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, let's look here. Um, Uversion Bible notes or Uversion Bible app, the sermon notes are available there if you'd like to check those out. Let's uh, jump into Exodus 33. I'm going to start reading in verse 12. Backstory on this part of Scripture, portion of Scripture. This is where uh, Moses... And the children of Israel are getting ready to go into the promised land. He's getting ready to go up on Mount Sinai. And God had told Moses in an interaction that, uh, you know, he had promised them the Canaan land, right? Land flowing with milk and honey and big grapes and all this good stuff. He promised them that. And he said, you can have all of that. But, you know, the people grumbled. They complained. They complained about the manna, complained about the quail, complained about no water, just over and over and over complaining. And so God came to a point. He said, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to test you. He said, Moses, I'm going to give you the promised land. I'm going to let you go in. I'm just not going to go with you. So you can have all the promises, but I'm not going to go with you. A little test to see if they would be satisfied with what God would give them more than God himself. That test is still going on today. But too many times we're satisfied with what God can give us and we don't care whether we have God himself. So he had told them that. So let's pick up in verse 12. I've been preaching out of verses 7 through 11 and even part of 12, but uh, watch last week's service for that and you can catch up. Verse 12 says, then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. That's where we stopped last week. Yet you have said, here's what Moses is saying. God, you've said two things. So God told Moses two things. Number one, I know you by name. I know you by name. What a great encouragement to know that God, the creator of everything over the whole universe, he knows you by name. Nobody saw that. Just stay focused. He knows your name. He knows your name. So if I know that God knows my name, it can bring great encouragement into your life that he sees you. 
He sees what you're going through. He sees the struggle. He sees the fears, the discouragement. He knows everything about you. So you need to know this in your heart today. God sees me. He knows my name. He knows where I'm from. You may be from a small podunk town in the middle of nowhere among seven billion people on the planet, and God knows your name. He knows your name. So what encouragement we should get out of that. We all like to be known by people. You know, like, like for people to know us. We like to be connected or, or like to know uh, who's following us. You know, did you know who started following me? Like some big person. Like, think, you know, like if someone famous or an influencer, we like to be known, like to be known by people or, or have people know us. But what if, what if being known by God was the most important thing? What if being known by God was more important than any other person knowing us? What if being knowing, known by God was all that mattered? Let me say it this way. What if God knowing you was all that mattered? Because in the end, that's all that's going to matter. Whether God knows you or not is all that's going to matter. You're like, well, he knows everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Let me show it to you in Scripture. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. One of the most challenging passages of Scripture. Could be one of the most sad passages of Scripture, depending upon the state of our life. Matthew chapter 7, look at verse 21. Are you ready for this? Not everyone who says, underline that. Not everyone who says to me. A lot of people can say a lot of stuff. A lot of people can say the right words. Not a lot of people can say the churchy words, the Christianity, can say the right things. They've brought up in church or they've been around church, so they know the lingo. They can say things about Jesus and say things about the cross and say things about God and heaven. But he says here, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But it says, but he or she who, what's the next word? Who does. Doesn't say he who knows the will of the, of the Father in heaven. He who does. Notice the distinction. I think this is very important for us to understand. There's a big difference in church and being known by Jesus. We'll drop some stuff here today. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, I was raised in church. And not even the ones who know the will of God. Oh, I know, I know how, I know you, you know, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. I know that. Not everybody who knows, only those who do. Only those who do. This is Jesus talking, not me talking. He says, only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Look at verse 22. Many will say, here's that word again. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Lord, 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 Lord. Haven't we done a lot of great things for you? Look what he says. 23, 
And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Is that clear? I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. Well, I'm glad I came to church to hear a nice, encouraging word. This is a very encouraging word because you're going to stand before God someday. And it's time that we get past, I just want someone to tell me how good I am and I want to feel good about myself. No, we need to know what the Bible says. Because in the end, what the Bible says is all that matters. Not what Chad says, not what Chad thinks, it doesn't matter. When I read this, it brings a tremendous amount of fear of God into my heart. That I can say, Lord, Lord, I pastored a church. I did a lot of great stuff. I cast out demons in your name. And still there's a possibility that he might say, I never knew you. What's the kicker? The last part. Those who practice lawlessness. What's lawlessness? Lawlessness is living without laws. Whose laws? God's laws. So he's saying, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, because not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, has made me Lord. Where do I go? We can pray the prayer. Father, I, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and he raised from the dead. He sent into heaven and you see at the right hand of God praying for me every day. I just believe that and I pray and ask you to come into my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. And then we go out and we do whatever we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. That prayer meant nothing. It's not who knows. It's not who says. It's who does in their heart. Oh. So this is what God's saying here. He says, I, I know you by name, and I'm just trying to encourage everyone that comes and attends a church or watches online. Jesus, knowing you is all that matters. It's all that matters. That's not heavy. You want to be known by him. You want to do what he wants to do. Oh, it's a glorious way to live. So look at that, the second thing. So he says, I know you by name. Number two. He says, and you found grace in my sight. You found grace in my sight. The word grace there means fa- uh, feeling of favorable regard, like favor. You could use the word favor there. means goodwill, means uh, um, kindness, kind feelings towards. So when he says, you have found grace in my sight, the word found is important. I want to lay this out for you because I want you to understand what happens here and what God was saying to Moses when he said to Moses, you have found grace in my sight or in my judgment, in my perspective, you have found something. What does it mean to find something? It's the Hebrew word that means to go through a gate, to go through mental and physical states or experiences, to find something, to achieve a state, implying discovery or unfolding of a process. Finding something by going through stages, discovering, working through processes, uh, uh, discovery, achieving a state. Have you got that? I'm going to explain what that means. He said, Moses, you have found goodwill. You have found favor in me. In my sight, you have found favor. Now, when you use this word found in the Hebrew, it's not talking like you discovered something brand new. 
It's not like you discovered something that's never been known before. It means that you found something that you had to search for. I'm going to use, an, I'm gonna use this, uh, an analogy here. It's like if you would go, uh, been, if any of you ever been to Barnes Hospital, they give you a map because that complex is so big. Try and find your way around and uh, been, went there recently and, and they're, okay, you're in this building, you have to go from this parking garage and go here and go this way. And you, you could come to that hospital and say, I'm wanting to find room 2203, right? So what you would do is you would come to the front desk and you would say, I, I need to find room 2203. And the front desk might say, okay, well, then you need to go down this hallway and at your first opportunity, I want you to take a right you go down that way, you come to a T, they want you to take a left. There's going to be a set of elevators on your left. Don't take those elevators. Go to the elevators just beyond that on your right. Go up to the second floor and go around all the way. Go past the nurse's station, go around that, and then 2303 will be right there on your right. Where's the parking garage? So this, this word found means that you heard the instructions and then you started walking and you went and followed the direction so closely you got to that first stop, you took a right and then you got down here to the T and then you took a left. You walked past those elevators on the left and you said, not me, buddy, I'm moving on to the elevators on the right. And you go to the elevators on the right. You walk up to, go up to the second floor. You go all the way around. Go past the nurse's station and you keep going. Do not collect $200. And then you go around and you find, sure enough, there's this found means that you arrived at room 2203 by going through all of the things that it took to get there. It's not that you could get to that room and announce to everyone, I discovered room 2203. You'd be like, bro, it's been here all day. Built 20 years ago. No, I found it. Did you find it? Yes. Did you discover it? No. You arrived at a place where anyone could go if they follow those instructions. Anybody can get there if they follow the same instructions. But the problem is, not everybody knows to look for the room. When God told Moses, you found grace in my sight... Here's something we need to know, we need to hear. God loves everyone the same. Let me be crystal clear. Is that clear? Crystal. Do you understand? God loves everyone the same. You cannot do anything to make him love you more, and you cannot do anything to make, you, make him love you less. No matter what you do, God has already made up his mind how he feels about you. He loves you. Settled. Knowing that God loves everyone the same is different than the idea that God has the same relationship with everyone. God loves everybody the same, but he does not have the same relationship with everybody. 
You do this all the time. You got people that you love, all of them the same, but you may not have the same relationship with them. You connect with certain people better. You just bond with them better. And what usually brings this bond? Huh, it's usually similar interests. We just like the same things for the most part. We like hanging out together. We just like being with each other. We, don't, we aren't with each other because we just want something from one another. We just want to hang out. We both like to fish. We both like to hunt. We both like to do this or that, whatever it may be. You got similar interests, so you like to be together, so it brings a bond, a relationship. You're kind to one another. You celebrate one another. It's the same way with God. Some people can have a better relationship with God, and it doesn't mean he loves them more than anybody else. Some people just don't know they're supposed to go look for the hospital room. Let me say it this way. Poor theological teaching is crippling many people in the body of Christ. It's crippling people from their relationship. And we need to address it. Here's what some, there's two schools of thought some people will take theologically if I can stick with the hospital analogy for a moment. Some people will treat God and the relationship with God like this person who would come to the uh, front desk. They would come to the front desk and see the person say, I'd like to go to 2203, please. They say, yes, you need to go down the hall, turn right, then you go need the T, turn left, walk past the elevators on the left, don't use them, go to the elevators on the right, go up to the second floor, go all the way around, around the nurse's state. Have you got the, you, could, you guys could find 2203 after I'm done with this message. <laughs> but some people will come to that front desk and this is how they treat the relationship with God. They hear all those instructions and go, well, who do you think you are? I don't like your route. I think I'll go my own way. You said go up here, turn right. I'm going to turn left because I'm free to make my own decisions. I'll arrive there my way. You say don't go on that elevator on the left. I'll go on that elevator on the left because I'm going to do it my way. Who, who made you the boss of everybody? I'm going to find my own way to 2203. I think I could come up with my own route. What's the likelihood that that person's going to make it to 2203 in this decade? But many people are treating the way to God the same way. God's given us a bit of instructions. He said, do not turn from them to the right or to the left, but obey and observe all of my commandments and you will prosper in the way that you go. So the person who comes to the front desk of God and says, you know what, I understand you've got that Bible and all those rules and stuff, but you know what, who made you the boss? I've got my own way I'm going to live my life. I'm going to kind of do my thing. I understand that's your way. I'll call him right back. I understand that's your way, but I've got my own way of viewing the world. I understand that's your truth, but I've got my own truth. That's the way some people are treating God. Second way, second viewpoint, some people come to the front desk and they will, they will ask, hey, I need to find room 2203. Would you like to give them the instructions right now? You guys remember them. <laughs> Hallway, right, T, left, pass the elevators on the left, go the one, right, two, all the way around the nurse's station. You got it? So they would give those instructions and this person will look at her and say, okay, thank you.
She said, sir, is there a problem? He said, yes, I'm just waiting. If the Lord wants me to go to 2203, he will put me there. <laughs> sir, are you okay? <laughs> sir, you've got you to walk. You've got to go down the hallway. Remember I said to the right and then T to the left and don't go in the left elevator. Go in the right elevator. Go up second, all the way around. You remember all that? Yes. Well, the, you need to go. You're not going to get there just standing. Well, if the Lord wants me to be there, he will put me there. This is some people's theological position, that if God wants them in the hospital room, he will put them there. Some people don't know they're supposed to seek the hospital room. They don't know they're supposed to seek after the favor, the grace of God. He said to Moses, you have found grace in my sight because you searched for me, you looked for me, you obeyed me, you followed my instructions, you came and here I am. Now you've found a place of favor, a place of deeper relationship than you had when you just stayed at the front desk. This is what God's calling us into. It doesn't mean that he loves me more than somebody else. No, the room is there. 2203 is waiting to be found by whosoever. It's not like he's restricting access to 2203. Anybody can turn right and then left and take the right elevator. But not everybody's doing it. And this is what he's saying. He said, uh, you found favor or grace in my sight. So now look, look what he says in verse 13. Now therefore I pray, if I've found grace in your sight, if I've arrived at 2203, figurative speaking, if I've arrived to a place of special relationship and intimacy with you, if, I'm, if I've drawn close to you, what's his first request? If Moses believed that God said, you have found favor in my sight, what was his first request? Make me the most powerful man on the planet. Was his request? Hey, Lord, if I have found grace in your sight, make me the wealthiest man on earth. No, no. Maybe he's, hey, Lord, if, you, if I found grace in your sight, I want all my enemies to die today. I want all my haters on social media to die today. That person who posted that, I want them off of social media. He didn't say any of that. What did he say? What's his request? What's his big request? If I found favor in the sight of the creator of the universe, what's going to be my first request? Show me your way that I may know you. Wow, wow, wow. Show me your way. Show me whose way? God's way. In other words, show there just means to Literally, not just get information about it, but he's saying, God, show me, reveal to me your way. I want to know your way. I want to have understanding about it. Not show me like show a picture, but I'm talking about show me in a way like I know it. Like Moses saying, Lord, you have a way. Show me. Got a bunch of people sitting here, a lot of people watching online, a lot of people in Mount Carmel and Carlinville. Our prayer should be, God, show me. I don't know if the person sitting on my right or left wants to know his way. Show me your way. I don't know if they even know, care about your way. I don't know if they're just checking the box because it's Father's Day. But show me your way. Because that's the only way we're going to find 2203. Because the Bible says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will 
What do you got to do first? Seek. But that's not the way we should. We should just go to the front desk and, and go, Jesus puffed me into 2203. That's not how it works. He says, you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart, Jeremiah says. There's got to be a searching involved. Show me your way. Show me your way. What's way mean? The word way means to walk or tread. Talks about a road or a path, a course of life, a mode of action. Speaks of a pattern. So he says, show me your way. So when he says, God, show me your way, it talks about walking a path or trodden a path or doing that. First thing we're talking about knowing God's way, if we're going to walk God's way, we have to go, it speaks into a direction. Because if there's God's way, there's other ways. He said, show me your way. How many knows if, if God has a way, there are other options? You could turn left instead of turn right. You could take elevator on the left side instead of on the right side. But the one on the left side is a service elevator. Maybe I'm going too far with that analogy. Maybe just, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, show me your way. I don't want to know what everybody else is doing. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what culture says is right or wrong. God, show me your way. Show me your way. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am, Jesus, Jesus is talking, I am, I am, he is the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Does he know you? No one comes to the Father except through him. I went, I, I, I went to the Rhodes Church. I, I listened to Chad all the time. That won't do you any good. I mean, it don't want any good. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's a little harsh. I mean, there are tremendous messages. So I'm sure they'll help you some. <laughs> Just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? It's not, about, it's not about where you are or who's talking to you. It's does Jesus know you? And so he's saying here, God's way involves a certain direction going on a certain path. There are other ways. Let me give you some scripture on this. Proverbs 4:19. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So if there's a way, God's way, there's also a way of the wicked. It's darkness. They don't even know. They don't know why they stumble. Anybody ever walked around in the dark? Yeah. Anybody ever tripped on anything in the dark? Stubbed a toe? This morning, I was in here early for prayer. It was all dark. Lights were out. There's no windows in here. And I was setting the music for what I wanted to pray to. And I, so I came over here, do, 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 set the music. I didn't know this stool was here. That stool's not supposed to be there. Whoever put that there is going to answer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I didn't know it was there either way. So I set the music, and I came through here, and I went, yeah, that's what I said. But I went, I said, pray. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. My shin was smoking. Any other person that would have hit them in the nice meaty thigh? But no.
What's the point? If it wasn't dark, I would have seen that. Because I couldn't see rightly, because I'm walking in darkness, I experienced unnecessary pain. Unnecessary pain. When I'm not walking his way, I'm walking in darkness, and I'm going to experience unnecessary pain. I'm not talking, if you walk with Jesus, you're going to experience some pain. No doubt about it. But that pain he has prepared me for because I'm on his path. He knows it's coming. He knows it's going to be there. But when I walk with the wicked, I walk in darkness and I stumble and I, don't, I experience stuff I don't even have to experience. I didn't have to go through that. Will God still help me through it? Yes. He's so good. But did I have to experience it? No. Some things in my life I didn't have to experience, and I did. Did I learn from it? I did. But man, I didn't have to go through it. Another scripture, Proverbs 16, 25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Seems right, seems right, seems right to a man, but its way is the end of death. Seems right to man. Here's the question God's got to ask us. Who are we asking what's right? Are we asking God or people? Well, my friend says there's nothing wrong with that. Which earth did your friend create? I'm not sure. I'm, not, I'm just asking. I'm not trying to be, that's a little sarcastic, but I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be mean about it. But you, you understand the point? If he created the human eyeball, Stop. Why are we asking people what they think is right or wrong? Why don't we just ask him and trust him? Usually the reason we don't ask him and don't trust him is because we want to do what we want. I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking at anybody else. I'm just saying, he said, why don't you trust me? Because there's a way that seems right to people. There's a way that seems right to culture. Culture says, this is okay now. We've evolved and and we've matured and, and we're more enlightened and we see things more clearly now. So now this is okay now. No, no. The one who's the Alpha and Omega still knows what's right. He never needs to evolve. He knows it all. So if he said something in this book, it's still applicable today. So he says, last one, if we're going to walk, if we're going to walk in God's ways, remember it said it's a path. That means continuity. So number one is direction. Number two, we've got to re be repetitive. If I'm going to walk in God's ways, what do I got to do? If I'm going to find room 2203, I've got to take a step in the right direction. If she says, go down to the hallway, and I can go right or left, she said, go right. God said, go right. And I say, you know what? Left looks really tantalizing. There's a cafe down there. They've got dessert. I think I will go down to the cafe because I want to be led by desires. Come on, I'm going deeper than you're wanting to go right now. I'm hungry. My goal is to arrive at 2203, but my desires are telling me, go feed yourself. Go take after, go look after you. 
God's ways is the way of life. But, but the strategy of the enemy, well, I, I gotta say this, the strategy of the enemy is not to get us to follow Satan. The way of Satan, the way of the wicked one is not the way of satanic worship. That's too obvious. He's not showing up with a red suit with a little pitchfork and horns saying, follow me, follow me. Here's the way of the wicked. The way of the wicked is the way of me. Is that resonating? The way of the wicked is the way of me. It's Satan whispering in my heart saying, Chad, you just do you, boo. You just do your thing. Do what fits you. Do what works for you. You're the boss. You're in charge. You need to take care of yourself. Look out for you. Nobody knows what you need like you. Trust your own heart. Bro, we cannot trust our own heart. You cannot trust your own desires. You'll be eating in the cafeteria all day long and never make it to 2203. So we don't, the way of the wicked is not the way of Satan. That's too obvious. The way of the wicked is him saying, you the boss. Just do what you want to do, man. It's all about you. It's all about you. But the way of God is a dying to me. We don't want to talk about that. We want to we want here. Tell me how great I am. Tell me how good I am. Tell me how blessed I am. No, the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. And the way of the cross is the way of dying. That I say, Jesus, if I want to be your follower, I'll deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you. And it's got to be continuity. If you're going to walk, there's one step in that right direction. But it's not just one step. If you're going to walk, you've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And you've got to keep doing it every day. It's not just taking a step on Sunday and then moonwalking back the rest of the week. Like, okay, I come into church and I do my, my Jesus step and then I do my back step. Oh, I'm not sure what I'm doing there. But do you understand what I mean? If we're going to walk, we got to walk and we got to keep walking. Know this. If we're going to walk on God's path, there's going to be some tough times. We had, we had cattle on my, my grandpa's farm when I was a kid. Angus cows. And they used to have these patterns through the pasture and going back through the woods and all this to get feed and all this. And one thing as a kid, me and, me and my brother used to do, we used to love to walk on these paths. And when they would walk on these paths, they didn't make a path because they walked on them one day. Cows never made a path because they walked on them one day for an hour and a half. How did they make a path? Because every day, every day, all of them are going in the same direction. They keep walking. They come back. They take the same path over and over and over. The grass stops growing. So if you're going to walk on God's path, you're going to have to continue to walk. But one of the things, when we walked on that path, you had to be careful. Sometimes you'd be walking. They'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa. Landmines. So you step in that landmine. Yeah. It's 
a mess. But just because I stepped in a mess doesn't mean I was on the wrong path. Sometimes when I'm following Jesus along the way, I might step in a little bit of mess. But he's there to come over and clean it off. Get it off your feet and keep walking on that path. I don't abandon the path just because there's landmines on it. I just watch my step. First time it got me. Once bitten, twice shy, baby. I'm like, listen, I'm going to be careful now when I step. And sometimes I go into something, I'm, I'm going to step over that next time. I'm going to overcome there's some things in your path with God that you've got to step over. There's obstacles. You've got to step over them and keep moving forward. Here's what I felt like God was saying. He told Moses two things. So on this Father's Day, I believe the Father is telling us two things. He's saying, number one, I know you by your name. So my question to you, to me, all of us, those watching Mount Carmel, Carlinville, wherever you're watching from, Eros family, does he know you? Like Matthew 7, does he know you? Not, oh yeah, he knows me. I come every two or three weeks. I show up at church. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about does he know you in here? Does he know you in here? Secondly, he told Moses, you have found a relationship in me that's available to everyone, but not everybody's looking for it. So let's do this this morning. Would you stand to your feet for me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just bow your heads for me? All of our locations, just bow your heads. E-Roads family, they're in your home. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and speak to our hearts that it not just be a sermon. I don't want a sermon, God. I want an encounter with you. So, Father, I ask you to do what no man can do and that's speak to a heart here's the question which way are you on are you on the way of the righteous or are you on the way of the wicked there's, there's only two ways you're like I'm not on either one of those I'm just kind of on my own way right now that's the way of the wicked I don't mean that I'm not being mean about that I'm being honest about that Someone needs to love us enough to tell us the truth. There are only two ways. Jesus is the way, and no one comes to the Father except through him. That's it. That's it. What? Oh, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Hold that, Lord. Put a pin in that for later. And I'm saying that because I don't think he's telling me. I Just a thought came into my mind about something I'm going to speak on later. Thank you, Lord. What way are you on? Are you on the way of the wicked or the way of the righteous right now? Just, can you answer that? Are you serving Jesus? Are you walking with him? It's not about, did I walk with him once? Like I was walking on the way of the righteous at one point in my life, and now I'm walking on my own, so now I, I get credit for what I once walked on? No. It's not I get credit for what I, the path I once walked on. My credit is attached to the, the path that I'm walking on right now. 
Am I walking towards Jesus? Am I walking with him? Am I on his path? Or am I on my own? Am I on the path of those who don't acknowledge God? If I'm making decisions and I don't even ask him or I don't even care what he thinks, I'm not walking with him. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.